Okay, here we go. Ducks don't get cold feet. Number 43. I'm lucky enough to be here with Rick and Aaron. I call them the low and slow guys. Now, you've probably eaten food from these guys somewhere along the lines if you've had anything from a truck from Rick and your masterclasses from the both of you as well. And it's fair to say an extensive look into what is actually going in to cooking product would that be fair to say 100 percent, definitely all right so we got these guys we've got two here so it's always interesting so i'll start i'll start with um the oldest Don't definitely okay <laughs> okay I, I, was, I had to get you that right really. so, so, <laughs> so i got i gotta ask this rick what what do you actually do nothing okay <laughs> i thought so i was onto it no so i started as a butcher when i was 15 years old um career changes towards barbecue uh, which has now landed me on a food truck traveling australia basically based here in adelaide but we do a lot of interstate gigs and um, major events and stuff like that so what's the truck called truck's called rg's yeah rg i had a burger from rg's not that long ago and it was bloody good you did at charlie dixon's car yeah yeah. it it was it was so nice and that was my first burger i'd had for a while too and then you you sent me to go try diamonds diamond burger port rush road yeah that was bloody good as well i told you yeah Yeah. so i went now i was like oh okay two good recommendations (laughs) this guy knows what he's talking (laughs) about aaron snapshot what do you do with yourself uh, currently a YouTuber, so I run Australia's largest barbecue dedicated YouTube channel. Uh, my background's a butcher as well, so that's where I fell in love with cooking meat and, uh, yeah, led me to what I do now. So last time, I mean, I've spoken to you over the over the years, actually, when you were just getting started. I think I gave you some tips on your videos to try and make them a bit crisper. You probably didn't listen to that, but <laughs> something's worked. Now, I'm not saying it's me, but you're almost 100,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, that right? should, yeah, should hit that in uh, around two and a half months' time. Should hit that magical hundred thousand, and then you get that. a plaque. Yeah, I that, can't wait for that. That's pretty exciting. I that was definitely on my want list, and then <laughs> it just has never happened. But it will. It will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't think so. I, I I think it's amazing, and it just goes to show YouTube is one of those platforms that if you're giving people tips on how to do things they can always refer to it and go back to it. And there's no doubt that um, you're hitting that. But only that, you've got 131,000 Insta fans and 120,000 on Facebook. It's pretty pretty good effort. Yeah, and about the same on TikTok as well. So YouTube's funny enough, going to be the last one to crack the 100K and then... um yeah, all the platforms will be over that. and But, yeah, YouTube by far is going to be the biggest milestone. That's that's where all the work goes into, all the all the video editing and the long hours of shooting and all the ideas. Everything else is sort of cut from YouTube. So all of my short-form content, I tend to just cut from my long-form content. I don't shoot too much specifically for TikTok and Reels and stuff. I don't really like it. I don't make money from it either. So, yeah, YouTube's always been the main focus. So YouTube, uh, for you, that actually does make money for you yeah yep definitely yeah yep so that's taken how long and, I, and i'd like to say i think it's been a very quick process for you to to start and then watch you i've watched your cooking uh videos and they've seemed to have just got better and better and better over time yeah yeah so i'm not trained in editing or videography or anything it's all just been self-taught so i look at my videos even from six months ago and i'm always trying to make the next video better than the last and yeah i'm Always trying to improve them videos and yeah, it's blossomed into what I've made it into today and I can't wait to um, 
see what the next sort of six, 12 months bring. So you, the both of you, we're talking about eating, we're talking about cooking meat. Fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be meat. Maybe vegetables. We've done it once or twice. (laughs) We've tried it once, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we've done a bit of seafood. We've done seafood on a few platters, so seafood's a good thing to cook. It's mainly your briskets, your ribs, and pulled pork. So how do you guys get to know each other? Oh, God. So that was four or five years ago now, I think. Maybe even, yeah. Yeah, about that. I'd been involved in the barbecue scene for quite a few years before Aaron came along. Um... Sort of when you opened your restaurant. Yeah, I think when I opened the restaurant, Aaron came down to that. Then sort of, we just sort of clicked and um, then sort of started doing, that's right, and then I got in on one of the masterclasses. I was already doing masterclasses with uh, a couple of guys, Michael Wilcox and Grant Neal. We were travelling around Australia doing them for the Traeger Traeger team. Um, And then I sort of started doing them locally here at breweries and um, places like that and needed someone to help out on a day and knew Aaron was coming up and all that. So I gave him a call and said, do you want to come and do this? And we sort of... Got there and that, and it was a breakfast beer at nine o'clock, and we thought, right, this is we're going to get along and nights ever since. Yeah, what well, talk us through a, a meat masterclass? Yeah, so it's um for anyone. Uh, Have you got any coming up? No, no. none coming up. Yep. None coming talk up. us through a masterclass. So it's basically targeted beginners wanting to get into barbecue. So we'll start off the masterclass. They might make things like jalapeno poppers. We'll show them how to trim briskets, ribs, and all that sort of stuff. And then depending on the location, if it's at a brewery, they might go off and do a brewery tour as well. And then while they're doing that, we'll put together a massive platter for them to eat and they'll feast on that and we'll sort of end the night in questions. They can do a bit more hands-on stuff. We'll go through everything we've cooked on the table, the process it took to get it to the the pulled pork stage or the brisket or, or whatever's been on the day. So it's just basically an educational night. We have a bit of fun, a few beers, and um, everyone leaves with full bellies as well. It's a very laid-back atmosphere, so we encourage beer drinking, um, activities that people can get their hands on and stuff like that. So it's literally focused for the guys 30 to 40 years old, come along on a weeknight, sink down three or four beers and learn how to barbecue at the same time and go home and pretend you were learning how to cook to impress the wife. Yeah, and we've done a few private events as well. It hasn't always been masterclasses. It's been some wineries. They want they want like a Christmas lunch or something like that, and we've gone and catered for that, and that's that's a... Little bit less work for us. We just go out there, feed everyone, and, and go home. And yeah, they love it as well. So, is it true that the barbecue scene, you need to have a beard? Oh, I don't have a very good beard. Beard and a beer gut. Probably not the best bearded barbecuers, but <laughs> no. you don't have to. You'd have to grow one if you want uh, to get into There's it. actually a team in Adelaide called No Beard Required. Well, okay. So yeah. it is a thing because, I mean... It's known as a thing, yeah. <laughs> every time you go to a beer and barbecue festival, like, I, I feel like I'm in, a, um, like, an art exhibition with all the tats everywhere, the amount of um, beer guts going around, <laughs> and uh, the I fair... I feel judged right <laughs> Yeah, that's a tattoos. bit stereotypical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I actually... A little bit. Yeah, actually, just a little bit. So started as a butcher... Correct. Now, whereabouts did you work? Butcher? 15 years old, started up in the Adelaide Hills in Stirling. Uh, basically left school. One day I decided I had enough and then mum and dad said, well, if you're going, leaving school, you've got to get a trade. So I walked down the main street and knocked on everyone's window. Who wants to, who needs work, <laughs> who needs work, who needs work? And it ended up being a butcher shop. Um, that was an old guy called Bronte. Worked with him for about six years, five to six years. Got up into sort of management with him and then moved down to the city into other butch shops, ended up buying my own out in Salisbury, out in the northern suburbs. Yeah. 
owned that for five or six years, sort of took that from a low demographic butcher shop into supplying like Wagyu or the American barbecue. And that's where I sort of got into it. I was supplying and sponsoring a lot of the Australian teams, even a couple of teams over from Sydney and Melbourne were sponsoring them. And that's where I sort of got into the passion of American barbecue there. I was supplying the teams their meat and going along to the competitions. And back then the competitions are nothing like they are. Like back then they were a big party. It's basically a two, three-day bender away from the away from the family and the wife and you'd come home and pretend come home with a trophy and pretend you knew how to barbecue. But yeah. you, but you were you're working though. Of course. Yeah. Working. Yeah. So so I think can you can you explain the difference between the different events that you have and what so what categories? So I mean one of them I see as more of a test cricket style and then the other one I see more of a pretty 2020 style of cooking. Is that, is that a good yep. way to yeah, put it? Yeah, that is really so good. What so we've got the ABA, which is a, um, that's more your brisket, your long overnight cooks. So that'll be your brisket, your pork ribs, your pulled pork, things like that. Then SEA, which is your State Cook Off Association, that's everything fast, hot and fast. And when um, Aaron came up, that was the thing that he just excelled at so quickly and so fast. It sort of left everyone sort of a bit gobsmacked. In the yeah, it could be anything like the categories for SEA. It could be like anything on a stick, something pink. It could be sliders, burgers, hot dogs. Like it's The one at the Ben's even got food truck category. Oh, a food wow. truck category? Yeah, so they want to know what food trucks are producing. Okay. So, yeah, they've hit me up and asked about that. Um, See, so for me, you, you, you walk around predominantly blokes drinking beer, but the SBA... SCA, yeah. it, you've got a lot of the ladies coming in to cook. Yeah, heaps. Yep, there's a lot correct. of great women in there, and and that inspires a lot of creativity and stuff. Everyone's always trying to push boundaries and do something different, and you see quite a few desserts and stuff in there as well. It's, and it's really developed now, where you sort of open those boxes up now for the SCA, and it's like edible flowers and um, miracles. Yeah, yeah, and the edible edible insane. gold flakes and this, and yeah. you're like, wow, this is not barbecue. This is art. And yeah, yeah. So you get given a you get given a product that you have to use sometimes. A, a ca- yeah, sometimes they'll give you they give you the category. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it would be something like um, they've done even mysterious categories where you don't know, and then they'll give you a kangaroo filler or even that. Uh, yeah, well you, got, you guys have pl- uh, sponsored the uh, V two mints. Yeah, so we, yeah, that's right. I was, I was about to say V2 someone mints. ended up yeah. doing yeah. Yeah, yeah that was us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Should have seen everyone's faces when that was announced. I, I had a little beef patty and got third. Take that, bitch. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> nah. Oh, oh, that would have been funny breaking the rules. <laughs> Holy shit. I was going to say, I'm, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough that I got to judge one of them and there was a clear difference between the different styles. That's that's the only reason I know. Yep. Yeah, it's huge. And it, it was unbelievable. Uh, some of the things that I was trying was just mind blowing, and I, I did some stuff with Hollywood. Is that Grant? Grant, yeah, yep. And so learning what the smoking ring means, and I didn't know any, like I didn't know any of that. My barbecuing, I'm very good at cooking steaks. I'd probably some. I've told Grant I should have gone to America <laughs> as the steaks best cooking champion. I still should. Can. Yeah, there's still hope for me. I'm very good with just like an Angus pure, you know, in the big multi, and then nude it. Cut my slices. There's some. Oh, the oaky stuff is uh, of gut is bloody awesome a, too. A little bit of salt and pepper and a, a little bit of oil. That is it. Yep. And I'm yet to have someone disappointed. I was about to say, so it's like steak nights like- at JP's <laughs> <next day. laughs> So, so that I got to do the the judging, and that was you know the taste, the, how it's in the mouth, the you know the texture. It's quite amazing. 
and the food coming out. And the scene that we have here is quite good. And, and you know, you, you look, to look at social media or you look at digital ways there and the Netflix shows. Is there something that made you go, I want to get into the barbecue scene? Because really. I think it's a bit daunting, outward looking in. It's just me yeah. being super competitive. Like, obviously, from being a butcher, I wanted to sort of educate my customers on the meat I was selling them. That started out in the kitchen and progressed to sort of the charcoal barbecues. And then i just seen these competitions coming up and, and me being so competitive sort of caught my I interest. I think it's very daunting from the outside, but as soon as you get inside of it, it's very, very welcoming. It's kind mm. of the opposite. Yeah. Um, especially in the earlier days when it wasn't – if you knew someone else that kind of liked to use a web or knew what a brisket was, suddenly you were friends because you had something in common yeah. to talk about. You just – especially with social media, you just find someone, oh, you like low and slow too. Well, let's go to a pub and have a chat mm. because you wouldn't find other people that had the same interests as you. And then suddenly they would welcome others in and it would sort of confirm a nice, welcoming group. So, so between you, you've got a totally varied career projection. So, yeah, I'd never do what Rick does. Yeah, yeah, and I could not do what he does. Not a hope. <laughs> yeah. So, do you work? To, like, do you flick out videos or edits for Rick, or you're like, ah, fuck you, Rick, nah. you're on your own? You've deliberately done them shit for me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, Aaron's no, no, no. come and helped work on the truck quite a few times. I've had about two years. Yeah, I know. He used to be good at that. Um, I don't want to do then late, got too, late nights and weekends. Then he got too me. big on YouTube and now he won't help me. Uh, he's, he's one <laughs> of late those. Late nights and he? weekends. Same for me. Okay. No. So, but using the skills, I mean, I, I think there's one clear, you're both butchers. So you're cutting of the meat, you, you know, from the old day, you probably had carcasses where the kids of today don't actually get those coming through. It's all right. boxed. Yep. Do you think that's helped with how you can cook? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yep. And a lot, I don't know if it was the same with you, Rick. When I was going through trade school, they taught us a lot of cooking as part of the apprenticeship as well. And it was also understanding the muscles of an animal, um, knowing yeah. how to cook. Yeah, so what's suitable for slow cooking, what's suitable yeah, for It's very simple. That the, longer, the more the muscle's used on an animal, the longer you cook it. So right. that's why brisket, shin, is uh, ozo buko, all of that. Whereas so that's a clear... That is, if there, if I was to say, give us three tips for slow cooking, that probably wouldn't come up in them, would it? But yeah, 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 why not? Like, I've used it now. Now I've only got two to think of. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a third of the way there. Head so, start. so if there's some clear, you know, easy wins for people, because a lot of people are a bit daunted by it. And I, you know, up the river, I've got a Weber kettle. Yep. Where I, up the river is the only time I really venture down that path because I have time. Yep. And I got time to you know get the get the, the get the barbie started where I can go out in the boat for hours on end and come back and it's still ticking along. These sounds like this is where we're going to eat his steak. <laughs> <laughs> well, tick, ticking a lot. I mean, now that I've seen, I saw Weber's got some electric pellet thing that cooks and and keeps the temperature consistent over period. Like very clever. And I, yeah, like, Aaron loves them. It's a no-brainer, right? Like, I, I look at that and I think, well, you've definitely that's what you need to buy because. I've had many occasion out in the boat, come back, and then my tray with the Coca-Cola in the bottom is split <laughs> open. It's dried out. Yep. My what pork? No, it was beef. Beef ends there. They become charcoal. But yeah, those pellet cookers are good. You can I've run stuff overnight. Don't have to even look at it. By the time you wake up in the morning, it's almost ready. One of the most common questions I get asked is, "What barbecue do I buy?" Yeah, I straight away do say a pellet smoker. I think this day and age, we are so time desperate 
that to sit there for eight hours to eat dinner is, you know, to cook something for eight hours just to eat for half an hour is totally stupid. We've got so many things going on. Whereas on a Saturday morning, if you can get up, load up an electronic smoker, yeah, go out, watch the kids play sport, do the grocery shopping. And it just keeps on, so for people that have no idea, it just keeps on adding the pellets, keeping the temperature consistent. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's like a burner and a worm that feeds pellets into that burner and it's all temperature controlled. If it if it needs to drop temperature, it'll stop blowing air into it. If it needs to increase temperature, it'll just keep that air flowing, which will raise the temperature. It's amazing. Yep. So do you use these? Aaron does. Yeah, I've only just picked one up <laughs> in the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, done, done yep. my first cook overnight in it. Wake up and the brisket was pretty much done. So <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. Job done. I know. Everyone always has asked me over the years on YouTube, can you do can you do a brisket on the pellet smoker video? And I'm like, just follow Switch the temperature guides in all of my other videos and turn your pellet smoker on and follow the rest. But it gives me more content to do anyway. So another good bit of kit. Yeah, that great, uh, <clears throat> great bit of kit. What do you use to cook? So I use a offset smoker. So biggest in SA or something. Is that the is that a Yoda? Yeah, that's a three door Yoda trailer smoker. So it's the biggest Yoda in Australia, um, and that takes logs of wood. There's a very con like it's starting to sort of blend out now, but there was very much a controversial thing that these pellet smokers weren't real barbecue. You know what I mean? Like you had to cook on wood to be so a, real a bit barbecue. of rivalry. Yeah, yeah, very much like we they came out and we were all calling them the microwaves of barbecue because you know you're flicking a switch you're not really cooking i'll still stand by an offset smoker brisket you cannot be no you do get a much charcoal flavor same as like you know charcoal chicken compared to cooking in the yeah. in the glass cookers you can taste that charcoal like you can with a wood with a brisket but if i added up that little bit of flavor to eat if i was just feeding my family and friends at home to be able to flick a switch and go out and do other things you can't really compare to that this day and age but me with catering People are judging my food. I don't want to leave that um, area open for someone to come in and cook on wood and then beat me and be better than me. So I sit there and watch a fire for eight to ten hours, three days a week. To cook. Wow. You, you married? No. Nah. Yeah, she's good. She's doing it now, actually. <laughs> Shout out to the wife, Tanya. Oh, trying to do well. Tanya, you're the best. <laughs> Warm oh up another God. log, darling. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... See, that's com- why don't you just get a pellet thing? <laughs> Jesus. When we had the restaurant, we were using pellets then. I was using three of them. Um, so you, so you must be going through a lot of wood. So we're going through a ton of a ton of wood between three to four weeks. A, a ton. ton, a ton. Thanks to Hills Heat and Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm shameless, getting discount, discount. Shameless plug. <laughs> a ton He's of a ton of wood. Mm. Uh, yep. So. You're destroying forests. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Sorry, vegans. Yeah. That's the least of your problems with me. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it's actually that much. I'm, mm. I can't believe it. Wow. Yep. So yep. so clearly different ways to cook. If you could sit there and and you, you, you've just got into the pellets, Aaron, Rick's still with the old school Yoda. It's even got the name, hasn't it? What? What would you think is the ideal way to cook? Depends on what's important to you, what you're trying to get out of that cooking. So if I was up at the river and I'm trying to give eight mates a brisket at the end of the night, yep. there is no way sitting there watching that fire where all my mates are out skiing, Correct. sinking beers and having fun, and me sitting there watching to make sure that every log gets the right burn, you're an idiot. <laughs> but if you're wanting to 
give the best dinner experience everyone can have and they're all coming to your house at six o'clock and you've got nothing else to do, sitting there and watching a fire, you will taste the difference. Everyone does say that. There are other um, caterers out there that do use a pellet smoker. Yep. Um, and a supplies, it gives you consistency, but yeah. it does not give you that pure breach of flavour on the bite. Do you agree with this, Aaron? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You can't beat that true wood-fired barbecue. Offsets are always going to win, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So... If you've got someone that's just cooking for the first time, what's a bit of advice you can give to a first-time slow cooker? It's called low and slow. Do not rush it. Patience. Lots of patience. Don't freak out. Relax. Do your research before you start. And And start on something cheap. Yeah, like a Weber. You can pick up Webers secondhand. You can find them on the side of the road half the time, or you've probably got a cousin or something who has one sitting in their shed just collecting dust. A Weber and wings. It's the way to learn how to barbecue, I believe. Yeah, start with something cheap so you're not going to invest a bunch of money into something you're going to potentially screw up. And it's not going to break the bank if you do somehow screw it up. So, low and slow mm. for a He's reason. Low, I'm slow. <coughs> <laughs> for a reason. Yeah. And pick something that's not going to cost you, like, don't go for a big slab of Wagyu. That's right. First yeah. off. Great. Go a whole chicken or some wings, like Rick said, some lamb ribs, something, something cheap. Okay. So what to you two, and I'll ask, I'll ask you first, Rick, what's your ideal starter if you're having people around that you would pull out as like a you know, bit of a showstopper? Entree. Stop. Entree. Yeah. Well, I do love jalapeno poppers. Oh, I was going to love that. jalapeno yeah. poppers. Sorry, did I take what you were going to say? Yeah. So uh, how do you make those? Make those the uh, jalapeno, fresh yeah. jalapeno, scoop. The seeds out, yep. cream cheese, yep. wrapped in bacon, yep. smoked, and then seared. Not deep fried? No, not deep fried, sorry. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I do like my mac and cheese bites oh, deep fried. Oh, yes. Um, mac and cheese, I find, is good, but with that crunchy texture. On the outside? On the outside. Just so what, that's crumbed in? Yeah, so I like make a ball yeah. and then um, crumb it and then deep fry that rather than serving the traditional mac and cheese. And then wrap it in bacon. And then wrap one up, yeah. It's got the bacon on the inside. Fuck. All right. Aaron, what would, what would be your I like uh, pig shots. So you get a any sort of sausage, cheese, kransky, kabata, and you, you just take a slice and you wrap bacon so it sort of stands up and it makes like a little shot glass and you can fill that with a mix of like onions, jalapenos, cheese, and um, smoke that. You just fix it on with a toothpick and it looks like a little shot glass. They call them pig shots because they're wrapped in bacon. and Fuck, that's yeah, impressive. They're awesome. <laughs> I love them. So addictive, and they're just bite size as well. So pig shot, pig shots. See, I like the idea of that. Yeah, they're just because it's a shot. Yeah, <laughs> no, because I like the idea of like filling stuff. I like, I like um, that melting cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm a bit of a sucker for it. Like even the you know you get the Doritos one, you put in the oven, you pour over chips. Like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got into it. I got into it wildly for a while, and I don't know why. I did do the smoked cheese for a little while, but it just disappeared one time. I got drunk with a few club guys in Melbourne. Like, let's smoke cheese, let's smoke cheese. And we went to open the Kamado, the big green egg one, and opened it, and cheese had gone because we had it too hot and melted the cheese. <laughs> like, right, we'll stick to me. Well, I can imagine this happens a lot. Like, uh, these guys are cooking for out days, yep. days long. Like, you take your eye off the ball, a few meet too many beers. Oh, yeah. Yep. And all hell breaks loose. You see it a, l- a lot. They'll um, get a bit excited, have too many beers. So we sort of did a roster system where someone 
you always have one person that's sober and on the ball. He's got mate. Come on, mate. Well, we've all got that one neighbour that wanted to tag along, so that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> can you take my son with us? Yes, we can. <laughs> right, you sit on the oh, no. esky and you watch. Guess the fire. what your job is today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the barbecuing scene in Australia, huge, yeah. huge, and it's and only going to get bigger. I it's, think we're um, like 20 years behind America, I reckon. Yeah. So there's still at least another good 20 years ahead of us, and yeah. America ain't slowing down anytime soon. We've sort of just started hitting the sponsorship stages, the um, set-up trailer camps now, where they actually have a proper trailer designated to barbecue. Um, when, I, when I was on the competition scene, it was literally, you were pretty high-tech if you had a marquee. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember doing one comp with Grant Neal, and we did it in a horse stable, because we forgot the marquee. Oh, well, I literally cooked. Yeah, that was a horse. Oh, that was a different one. Yeah. I think it was horse. Yeah, but we cooked in a horse stable because we had no protection. That started raining. Hey, let We're, me get this. Just it blew away. That was no, we've got a different cob. Oh. Yeah, you've you've lost one to wind. Oh one yeah, one we've lost them yeah. to wind. That one there, um, we were sort of at the point where it sort of got to the point where, especially with Grant, done so many competitions that it was just another comp. And I remember there was one we got to a country town and we realised that we hadn't packed the meat. No one ordered the meat. It was like, did you get the meat? Did you get the meat? And we ended up deciding that we would stop at every town from here till we got to Melbourne, wherever we're going, and we had to pick something from the town and we're going to enter that. So we stopped and bought. There was this little lady. I forget the name now, but she was... What's the country town with the silos? Saw the painting on them? Yeah. I know. Um, I know. Keith? Yeah, it's before, very close though, but it's not Keith, but there's a waffle shop. A little lady has a takeaway waffle shop. And we walked in there and we we're like, oh, okay, waffles. We're going to do waffles. And we stopped. The next one, we got KFC. So we ended up doing chicken bacon waffles. <laughs> we bought the chicken from KFC. We bought the waffles from this place. We ended up getting about six or seven out of 200 teams and got a call up for this stuff. So it got to the point where it was not becoming a joke, but we were just having complete fun with it. And yeah, we literally got in the car and it was like, did you bring the meat? Did you bring the meat? Did you bring it? No one packed meat, so we're on our way to a barbecue comp, so we had to stop off and <laughs> just get what we could on the way. I'm impressed with that. That's good. But now it's so technical. You could not get away. You'd be laughed at if you did that really? in this day and age. It's oh, so competitive now. Have either of you guys been to an international event? Yeah, I yes. went to Texas in March, compared and? to the World Championships, and oh, it's a different different level again over there. People just take it It so really serious. is? Yeah, everyone's got... Everyone's got a trailer that they compete in, so it's fully enclosed. You don't get affected by the wind. They've got kitchen sinks. they got everything in there. You do your full clean-up. Like, we think competing under marquees is, is special. Everyone's got a trailer over there. So how did you get that? Did you just pay for that, or what? how does that work? How do you get Getting into it? I reckon he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in, in the um, state cook-off, like the ASCA, you can win a golden ticket if you get a first place, and that gives you a qualification into the World Championships. So that's that's what I went over there for. I won it uh, the burger at Meat Stock Toowoomba using mm. a uh, I can't even remember the name of it. It was something something like the V two stuff. We had to use vegan a vegan burger patty, and I ended up adding fried chicken and stuff to it. So it wasn't a <laughs> vegan burger, but it was within the rules. And um, yeah, that got me a golden ticket to compete in Texas, and that's what I was doing in March. How good's that? Yeah, that because we've had I've spoken to Grant a few times. And he, he, they went over to cook steaks or something, and he talked about the thermo pen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, oh, my God, if that's not the number one tool for not right. screwing food up. Yeah. 
Yep. What is? Yep, definitely. Yeah. It just takes the guesswork out of everything. Like A hundred percent, especially for stuff you're cooking on a pan or, you know, you look at it and go, oh, that chicken's not cooked, put the thermo in there. Oh, yeah, 72. Oh, it's absolutely right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it was yeah. something I've got in every place I cook. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. probably the number one tool I'd recommend for all beginners to get. And you can get them for 10, 15 bucks now. Like, you'd be silly not to get one. But it's funny the amount of tools that are now available compared to what were 10, 12 years ago. Well, they weren't out when you started. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> make it sound like that. No, yeah, not those black and white TV. Yeah. Like, no. um, I, remember doing a, <laughs> I remember doing an amateur comp and I was there as a mentor going around teaching people how to barbecue and all that. And I want this guy and he's cooking beef ribs and I, I poked the top of the beef rib to see how tender it was yet. And I said, oh, you probably still got about an hour and a half left on that cook. I'd be turning the heat up a little bit. And he picked up the... But thermopen, not the thermopen, but the actual thermometer goes, oh, no, I've got one hour and 18 minutes left. And I'm like, all right, that's, that's me done for barbecue. It's <laughs> like, over. I can't be done with this. Like, yeah. Because I'm assuming it's like anything. It gets more competitive, more competitive, more competitive the bigger the scene. I, I think Netflix shows there's a pit master and, you know, there's a whole lot of shows. What's out. the new one? The competition Yeah, it one. was good. I actually seen a boost in my YouTube channel because of it, I reckon. Like, I couldn't put it down to anything else. And I reckon because... So that, it's the Netflix effect. I reckon it was. I reckon it was. Because it was the same time it aired. I had this massive spike in a YouTube channel, and I reckon that was because of it. The Barbecue Showdown, I think it's yeah, called. Showdown, so, yeah, yeah, that's right, Barbecue, barbecue showdown, showdown. So, yeah. so apparently it was getting like half a million views a day or something on that show. and it's That's just what happens when Netflix gets involved. Yeah, and because they don't show any technique on that show, it's a lot of pretty sort of footage, so everyone's seeing how they, like these briskets and stuff, and they don't really show you how to cook them, so they're probably Googling or YouTubing how to do this, and that's, that's where they So they, they're, they're actually going, how the fuck do you figure that out? Mm. Yep. It's pretty amazing when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, how, it's, how technology's come and leads you to different things. But it's things funny how... It's so long and boring when you are cooking this style of barbecue. Oh, yeah. they, By the time you bloody finished yeah. it, you don't even want to eat it. So many people say to me, oh, can you just throw something on your barbecue so I can hear that big sear? Because I see the big barbecue. Can you throw something on there so you hear a big sear? I'm like, it's running at about 125 degrees Celsius. You're not going to hear a damn thing. Yeah, pour some water on the fire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll pour a kettle over it. That's going to hear more. Like, It's not... When they had those uh, Netflix shows or any, any type of footage like that, as Aaron would say... You can edit it and make it look so exciting that people rock up to a barbecue comp. And I, I get a lot of promoters going, well, can't we do a barbecue comp at this event to make it bigger? And I'm like, it's not something people want to watch. Yeah. Like, we're sitting around for eight hours waiting to wrap a brisket in our foil, and then we're watching it for another two hours. It's not an entertaining... It's boring. It's yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like watching a Hyundai XL race. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're actually yeah. cooking yeah. it, like, there is something therapeutic yeah. about the offset smokers... Unless you do it the amount of Correct. times Rick does. Now I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. But yeah, meat and fire is something very primitive and I find very therapeutic when I do play with an offset smoker. So someone starting out, what's um what's some equipment that you think you you need to get started? Definitely that thermometer we were talking about before, whether it's a wide probe or an instant read sort of pen style one. High heat gloves, your hands Chimney. are your most important tools, so keep them safe. High heat gloves? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So just start on a Weber. Secondhand Weber, everyone needs a Weber. Okay, yep. this is a is this a Weber plug? You got no, shares not at all. No, it's just I'm sponsored by Oklahoma Jones. <laughs> yeah, I, was say. <laughs> I mean Weber barbecue. They look after me. Shout out to Auntie. But <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, just a just the concept of it being so available that you check your old uncle's shed or on the side of the road, you'll find one for a hundred bucks on Gumtree or whatever. Fifty bucks even. Yeah, people always think they've got to spend a couple of thousand dollars on this smoker to start out. 
and suddenly three months later they're bored, sitting in the back collecting dust, and your wife's standing in the kitchen. I told you so. I told you so. Like, I, I found a Weber kettle at, at my dad's. Yep. yep. Um, he, he had one there. I was like, what's this? Full of dust. And I'm like, oh, he goes, what are you doing? So I'll take that. So I took that. And that <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I use. They're so like a collector's item. They, yeah, they are. I yeah. thought they were more than 50 bucks. You Some of it, yeah, if you can find a good old one. Yeah, and the colour code. Different codes. So on the um, silver disc on the top, it'll have yeah. different codes. Um, EO1 or EO2, and then you go onto the Weber website, type that in, it will tell you what year it was manufactured. Wow. There's certain years where they're rarer, same as cars or anything else, that are worth more. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. So is there, is, there, is there barbecue auctions? Pretty much, yeah. You see them on eBay and people have bidding wars on Facebook when they see one come There's up. a couple of dedicated Facebook groups like Weber Club Australia where they'll, um, you know, oh, I've got this and look, look what I put in my boot and I found this one and brag. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, for some. Do, do you guys, you guys have, uh, when you look at cooking, you know, I've, we've spoken to Grant, they call him Hollywood. Now, I think Aaron might be the new Hollywood I don't want that reputation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think he's got way better hair than me. I could never. I think you're fast heading down that track because if if you look at how you started your channel, how when you first started doing videos to how you're doing them now, what what is the difference? Have you you know? I guess it's experience and the amount I've learned. Like I said, I'm all, always trying to make the next video better than the last. I'm always learning new things and just striving to be the best I can be. I never started this to make money. I've always loved teaching people, whether it was The Apprentice when I was a butcher. And, um, yeah, that's that's really why I started the YouTube channel. And, yeah, I don't want to be Hollywood, though. Oh, mate, imagine that. If Netflix come to you, Aaron. No, I'd do, yeah, I'd oh, do, do Oh, yeah, quick, that fucking change. <laughs> I don't want Hollywood. Netflix come to you. You want yeah, to do a series? Hollywood, Hollywood uh, the person, I think. <laughs> I can't really say that. There's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't want to be Grant. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Grant, Grant's his own. I'm, I'm my just, uh, Grant's his own person. It's crazy where barbecue can take you. I know Grant's now um, strongly involved with the Skinny Mixers crew doing uh, book development with those and yeah. making, making a great, huge, huge successful massive. career. Um, when that started off with Grant, we'd spend numerous nights in our venue and he was just already achieving goals in his own professional life with, I think he was working with Microsoft even, like doing yeah, some really, he's really an good IT guy. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, so it wasn't, wasn't uh, chasing anything financially out of barbecue, but now look where it's taken him, where it's he's now living every single day doing what he wants. Same as me, we're living every single day doing exactly what we want to do. The old saying, you know, if you do what, if you do, if you get a job doing what you want to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, that's what we are doing. I literally am drinking beer, cooking meat, and going to festivals. That's that's my well, life. That's pretty <laughs> surreal. I will go to a barbecue festival and people will stop Rick, stop Rick or myself and say, oh, we love what you do. Right? Yeah, I was, was in Vegas in March and we bumped into these guys with Aussie accents and he's like, he pulls out his phone in Vegas and he's halfway through one of my videos. Like, it's just such a small world and it's very surreal when you sort of put yourself yeah, out there. Yeah, and my wife and my child get it now. They'll go, oh, you're, you're Rick Carr's wife, you're Rick Carr's. We go to school, school. You probably get the same thing. You go to school festivals or whatever. Oh no, it's okay because your your dad's Rick Carr, your dad's JP. <laughs> and they let him, let him go through on things. Uh, I I I think when people see you, they 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 recognise you from somewhere. And it, for me, it's like, oh, did we go to school together? And like, 
Uh, you can just see that I'm like, mm, probably not. Uh, but, you know, it's funny they recognise, but they don't know where, whether yeah. it's been from TV or it's been on online. They, they, they know, but they're not quite sure. But yeah. you can, when you're, you know, you get it, when you're at a restaurant, people look at you and like they're, you know, they want to come over and, I, you know, they want to ask you questions, they want a photo or something like that, especially in, in my supermarket. So, oh, yeah, you'd get a heap. So when you're in the, in the stores, it's it's different. I mean, now you get team members come up. Hey, can I get a selfie? So I was just, uh, um, where was I? I was at Glenmore the other day. And a lady, oh, can I get a selfie? Sure. And then another one, like, it, it's cool because they're, you know, they're, they are aligned with the way that you think. Yeah. And um, that, unless they're just doing it to give you shit, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that. I, I haven't had much bad. Like, I haven't had many. But, you, know, you get a few people being a bit smart, but I'm just a smart back um, yeah. with a smart-ass comment. So, don't worry about people like that anyway. Oh, definitely online. I, I definitely don't worry about it online. And I've found most of the people online, you know, in real life, they they yeah. will not come up to you and say, oh, fucking spoiled little rich boy. Like, they, they won't say that to your face because mm. anyone that arounds me knows that I've been working my whole life from literally I had one week off when I left school and went and did schoolies at Victor Harbour and then have worked the whole time for 30 years. Mm. So for just me... just fucking jealous uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, co yeah, correct. But... Online, it's very easy to sit behind your screen and oh, smash is. out whatever. Like, but it's a bit different in real life, yeah. and and I think in real life is the real power of the whole of the whole tool. So, I, I talk with what you've done, Aaron, by building up a channel. What have you done different in your videos at the start of them to what they are now? Are, are they any different, or is it just you just kept on chugging away and this is what you've got? Not heaps different. Um, Obviously, I'm always analysing my videos, seeing where I can make them better. Even even going into it and thinking, like, where would I be skipping through if I was a viewer? And just trying to take out any boring, disengaging sort of parts. And just really working on my production quality, getting some new lights, and just picking up equipment along the way and just making little changes. And eventually, they've made a big change when you're comparing my videos now to what they were five years ago. Has that been that long? Has it been oh, five? It's almost yeah. six years now. Wow, yeah. okay. Oh, you Because you can see it's a... Rapid growth yeah. for, for YouTube. Most YouTubers don't go past the first year. Yeah, and that's I think consistency has been the key for me. Like I haven't missed a Sunday upload in the six years I've been doing it. So consistency has been massive for me. And even get it, trying to get into like high-ranking search terms. So if someone YouTubes how to smoke brisket, I think my video is number one or two in the world. So that, that sort of really helps as well. So you're the biggest in Australia by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. What about, how do you compare, because I'm assuming there's huge ones in the US. Uh, it's this one, I'm guessing. Massive. Malcolm uh, Reed's probably the biggest one. He's got two million, yep. I reckon. Yep. Oh, so you're not that far behind. Yeah, i just got to keep doing what I've done 10 times over, 20 <laughs> times over. Other yeah. people in other countries other than America that have big barbecuing channels? I've noticed one in the UK, but typically not. Uh, there's a few guys who have tried it in New Zealand. There's... A lot of people are just going on TikTok and Instagram now. Not many people try YouTube. They do 10 videos. They don't get the views and then they just give up. But you're not paid on TikTok. Yeah, I know. Or Instagram. Nope. You can get a little bit on Instagram with the subscriptions and stuff. So like do, you earn, do you do you talk, do you talk about what you earn? Not really. So do you earn enough to not work? Yeah, I haven't. In, I've been doing this full time for two years. So. Aaron doesn't know the meaning of it. Uh, Rick knows that better than anyone. I, so how I, much? I said a long time ago, I said five years ago, I wasn't put on this earth to work five days a week, 
40 hours a week. I've got two beautiful young boys who I want to spend a lot of time with now and I've, I've built what I do now into something I can do two to three days a week and earn just as much, if not more money than I was when I was in management five years ago. Yeah. So, so by making that, well, I think like you said, the magic word, it's consistently. Consistent is what in the internet seems to thrive on. Uh, yeah. It's almost like it's a secret part of the algorithm that it, it, if you're consistently producing content all the time, and obviously people watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think YouTube's clear direction that it's a how to, can do, how to fix things, how to do something. Like my tap, I got a zip tap at home. How do I change the field on my zip tap? Bang, straight to YouTube. Boom. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a, I want this and then I find it. And then, but mm. I look at my feed, my feed on YouTube because I've got YouTube subscription. It's my yeah. best subscription I have because I don't have to watch any ads. And I look at my feed, and I, I use YouTube a lot. Um, mm. I don't get how-tos on my feed, but I'm always how-to. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's very interesting that it really helps the people trying to make a living from doing something they love. And I think that's not many people in, in this world get to do that. Mm. And I, I simply just make videos in a way I would like to be taught myself. I don't put bullshit in them. I don't crap on longer than I need to. I don't fill videos out to try and be longer than eight minutes to get the extra ads in there. I, I just make videos the way I'd like to be taught myself. So it's not going to be long before you get your 100,000. That's a pretty big effort. Yeah, that's going to be probably the biggest milestone I've hit in the five years I've, I've started the channel and across all the socials and Everything I've done, so I can't, so, can't wait. So do you get invited to somewhere? Like, you know, go to YouTube Factory or do you go I to think Vic so, but I'm, I'm off to YouTube Factory next week, so, yeah. What for? I've got a YouTube partner manager and, like, you get invites to, like, YouTube business classes and this is the first one I've been to, so I'm off off to Sydney next week and, um, yeah, that should be very interesting. Get to go to YouTube HQ and mingle with the other creators and, and, and learn a bunch from them, so I don't, don't know what to expect. I, I can't wait. So what's your point of view on collabs? Now, now I know you both do it. We'll go to Rick for it to, because Rick seems to be the collab slut. Rick seems to be. I think there's more to this. Yeah, here we go. Rick gonna, have you got popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> no popcorn. i got smiley fruits and I've dropped raspberries all over my top, but that's okay. Um, so you do a lot of collabs, Rick. Yeah. And I, I think they're fantastic. Yep. And what do you think about them? I just think the more you can help someone else or the more someone else can help you. Like before when you were saying about, you know, haters saying what you're doing wrong or what this, the minute you get to a point where you're content and happy with what you're doing, you want to share that and you want to grow with other people and let other people grow with you. So that's where collab work comes in for me that I think I'm all about it. That you know, if you can if you can expose if I can expose barbecue to people that have only ever watched or done home brewing beer and then home brewing beer of now looking at barbecuing and cross the two over then the more it grows the more you're grow, the more you're going to grow if you've sat in a scene for so many years the more the scene grows the bigger you're going to get yeah so the more you can collab the more you're going to grow that scene and the more you're going to grow so collabs are a great thing i think and aaron like it feel it, it, it feels that in the digital world, doing a collab with another big creator seems to be you gain audiences from different. Do you look at it like that? Definitely. And that that was a goal for 2023 for me. 
Um, I've done a big collab with Goldie's Barbecue in Texas when I was there. They're the number one barbecue restaurant in yeah. arguably the world. The number one Goldie's in Barbecue Goldies. Restaurant. Yep, yep. So went over there, done a video with them, done videos with a with a few with mates Chris. who were pretty big. Chris, uh, Rick, and I've done videos together. It's just it's just hard to find the time. I've got plenty of time, but it's hard to find the time with other people. But um, it's definitely what I what I want to do. That's why I jumped at the opportunity to do this because you've. You've supported us and what we do, and I was more than happy to come on. But I won't just go and collab with everyone. It's got to yeah. make sense. Yeah, because I think for 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 us, I mean, even even just with this podcast, we speak to so many different walks of life. Mm. Um, it, first of all, I'm a bit selfish, and I get to learn from all of those different walks of life. But it seems to appear that you pick up different audiences along the way. Mm. Yep. Do you, yeah. and and that's what I think. Have you have you contacted someone on YouTube? about doing something together and they haven't responded? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. A few have responded and a few sort of just so happened to see my message that went into their request once like they sort of seen it. Two, three years yeah, later. Two, three years later. <laughs> but, oh, now you want me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> fucking hell, mate. <laughs> I can don't know how many bloody times i got to call him out. He oh, says man. he responds to everything. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. But... Yeah, I guess we've I, we've known you for a long time, so it's been interesting to see how you've you've grown and into what you're doing, and to watch your numbers is. Uh, I was for ages going, look, man, fucking, he's, that's, he's on he's on the right track. He's on the right track, and it was, it's really good to see. Yeah, and the fact, the, that the, in, the fact that it's in the fact that it's in Adelaide, uh, I think it's awesome, uh, and the, you can do these sort of things and. And you can do it f right from home or yeah, technically from home or from Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a studio. It's just backyard barbecue. I know a lot of people go all fancy and hire barbecue studios, but you don't need any of that. That's why I think people gravitate to my content because it's authentic. It's in a backyard. There's nothing fancy about it. A hundred percent. It's relatable. Uh, I think that's exactly what it is. It's, a, it's really, it's relatable, but you don't show off any tattoos though. I'll do on there. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. in, especially in summer. Oh, I'm, not, okay. I'm not wearing a bloody okay. jumper in summer. Okay. Oh, you're not wearing the <laughs> And I hate my tattoos as well. You're in not the wearing the wife. I'm getting <laughs> Bullshit. But I'm not. No, I'm not is, ah, yeah. What happens with that? What happens in lasered? It is the worst. If you've got tattoos? None. No, uh, it's hard to explain. Yeah. It's probably 10 times worse than getting He rings me in the morning that he's going for it. He's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, but oh, I've got to go. It's the worst. It is. Yeah. Yeah. If you think getting a tattoo is bad, getting laser is 10 times worse. Is it working? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show so you after. Anyone listening, don't get tattoos when you're 17, 18. Wait until you're a bit more mature. And then don't get them then. <laughs> I love how people fucking get tattoos and names and shit. It's like, yeah. you can't remember your daughter's name, mate. <laughs> what is it? Like this one. No. Oh, Emily. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> what have you, you just got on your what, tattoo? What's he got? Right? What, what's Rick, what's Rick called? My daughter's name on my knuckles. Uh, on your knuckles? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a deal with a tattooist at Beer and Barbecue Festival. He <laughs> <laughs> wanted a tomahawk steak. And that I was. There's <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Collab slut. <laughs> and he said, and I said, if I do over a certain figure of sales at Beer and Barbecue, that I would get barbecue tattooed across my knuckles. And I doubled my projection of sales, so <laughs> I had to go in and get the word barbecue across the numbers. 
Is that what it is? That's what it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, no love, hate? Nah. No, that's Charlie. Oh Charlie's my. got that, doesn't he? Love, hate. Who? Charlie Dixon. That's what he's got. Love, hate. Does he? Yeah. Oh, my God. If he was here, I'd be giving him shit about that, too. <laughs> I, um, Craig from Big Shed's got something. He's got, I reckon he's got beer. He's got he, beer. Well, Nathan, you know, Nathan, I, my cousin, I, he's got beer slut. On yeah, his slut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got I need more knuckles than you could get collab slut. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on, on my toes. <laughs> on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is pretty funny. I like that. <clears throat> so okay, what what's um what's one thing in the in barbecuing for your business, both yep. of you, this is and to you, Aaron, that has definitely changed the way people perceive you. Can you go first? <laughs> like you know, what's something that you've done that people that made people go, okay, I'm taking this guy serious, or hang on, that's well, that's amazing. I wonder how they did that, or yeah, I guess. So it's probably that I've got a few videos in really high ranking search terms, like I mentioned earlier. So I've got like one for pulled pork, one for brisket. And I think once you start getting those viral videos on YouTube and people actually start replicating what you've put in that video and they can put some good food on the table after watching that video, that's, that's when you sort of start building your reputation and your credibility. And that's, it didn't happen quickly. It happened over a number of years when I was starting out, like there was a lot of hate, a lot of jealous people and, yeah, you just got to ignore them. You'll never find a hater doing better than you. But now, now people have used my videos to put good food on the table for themselves. That, you that's copped it hard though. Yeah, in the early days, because yeah, no one was doing it. So. Yeah, well, no one was doing what the videos, the no. YouTube videos. A lot, a, a lot of the people didn't like the way Aaron came in and came up because everyone wanted to do what he was doing, were doing, and he did it so quickly and so fast. Even the trophies he was getting at the, on the competitions I, and all that. I wanted to do something with you, yeah. but my team didn't. Ah, so, truth comes uh, out. I, 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 you need to fire him. Yeah, they're not here. Oh. Um, but I could see that you were producing really fundamentally basic content, which was teaching people how to cook. Yeah. And I <clears throat> I dressed up multiple times with my team, and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're all busy doing their job, so don't. You know, I'm not. Oh no, we're going hunting do. after this. You show. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, you could see it, and and I think I spoke to you quite a lot because I I actually thought we'd get something across the line, but in the end, I mean, we gave you product and stuff, or you know, at, at a price, but it wasn't, you know, to me, I wanted the the video content because that's yeah. what I could see was uh, gaining traction, and then. You know, I just kept an eye on what you were doing. I was like, oh, yeah, it's killing it. And it was really good to see. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, um, it was cool. I sit there and watch anything about barbecue that I will never do. But I just want to see how you piece your videos together. And mm. and to me, it, it, you have to take note of people doing this. Hence why we do speak to a, a wide range of people. Some people don't believe in any sort of digital. Some do. You have to these days. There's so many businesses <clears throat> and people still doing TV ads, radio ads, social media. Whether people like it or not is yeah. is the future of advertising. That's uh, the only advertising I do. For yeah, <laughs> only advertising. So people watch. Who watches? Who's watched normal TV? Who listens to radio? Who? Yeah. yeah. No, everyone's Spotify now. Everyone's social YouTube, media. YouTube, TikTok, Netflix. Instagram. Yep. It's, it's true, huh? Yep. It's a hard pill yep. to swallow, but social yep. media is king for advertising. I, I would not learning. know the last time in business that I spent money on any other type of marketing. Not TV, not so radio, none at all. Nothing. I reckon at least fifteen years. 
Yep. Really? Yep. That long? Yep. Yep. And then it would have been a newspaper thing for the butcher shops or something like that. So if you're not on there, you you really know where, really. Uh, I, That's a business these days, yeah. Do you spend money on your YouTube page? I haven't spent money on advertising in probably three years now. So you I've tried do, a few Facebook. What about boosting Instagram, boosting? No. Not in about three years. So you originally did boost? I tried, and it, it used to work, like, yeah. five years ago on Facebook, but now, and then that just got worse and worse and worse. Your and your, your reach got worse and worse? No, just <clears> the amount you'd get back. So yeah. it would so sort of give you a projection of if you spend this money, you'll yep. get this amount of reach, yep. and then it just got ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. It's almost like they get you a bit on the crack, don't they? Yeah. Yep. I mean, Keep you coming back. Yeah. I, I have think to... Instagram's doing that at the moment, like... They're really pushing to advertise on there and spend money on all the boosting and all that sort of stuff. I'd just rather get less reach. You don't make I don't make money on Instagram anyway, so there's no point. I use all the other platforms just to direct to my YouTube channel. Yeah, and that that seems to be YouTube seems to be the main one. I mean, in, Snapchat in, apparently is Snapchat. the <laughs> biggest for money making. Nah, apparently, mate. Snapchat, come on. If you it's can, so annoying. Have you? Oh, I don't have it. Come on, I I've got, I don't have it, but a lot of people are saying I've got it, and I'm like blah blah. Then I'm watching an ad. I'm like I don't watch that shit. I can't even skip it. It's ridiculous. But how yeah. old are your kids? Uh, nine and ten. No, I mean, like no as a creator, media? if I had Snapchat and I wanted to make ad revenue, Snapchat is like one of the highest platforms you can make money on. Stop it. Yeah, uh, research it when you get a chance. Apparently, Snapchat is very monetizable. I don't have it. And I think that's where everything is going. Mm. My daughter's 13. She only has Snapchat. It's only social media she has. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what they said about Facebook once upon a time. And it worked. Mm. Our daughter only did have Facebook after MySpace. <sighs> MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Well, it's facts. That is a trip. Trip down memory, memory lane, yeah. MySpace, but I had a MySpace page. It was all coded in that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's stuff I couldn't do on that page. Yeah. But everyone then had MySpace and everyone had, there was always that MSN one. Messenger. Facebook, then Instagram. Or? Snapchat's definitely the next one that's going to be the major one. I think. I think it's too rubbish. I don't have it, so. Yeah. I've, I, I had TikTok and that's gone. I hate TikTok. Oh my god! The algorithm TikTok though, very clever. Oh yeah, yeah. Videos can go viral, but just the amount of trolls and. Have you? What's the number one um, video views you've got on a video? Thirty-two million. Thirty-two million. Yeah, that was on reels. Reels. See, they want to push something that yeah. bang. On TikTok, I think it's about twelve million or something. That's huge. Anything over a million, I think, is pretty impressive. I think Matt got his first one over a million the other day. Hey, oh, Matt? Nice. It was TikTok. It was TikTok. It's just 90% hate comments, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, what's some bot in the back room? Some spastic <laughs> bot, too. Like, something got Buck Rogers there. That's another reason I love it. YouTube is it's all positive. Like, 99% positive. <clears throat> you don't get trolls and idiots on there and... So it's not so much a social media thing, it's more a learning thing, YouTube. And I think you because people really are watching, socialize. Yeah. And people are watching your videos for five to ten minutes as opposed to ten to twenty seconds. But so. very rarely do you sit down and go, I'm going to look through YouTube. Hmm. But I need to learn how to fix something on my car, or I need to do something, I'll go straight to YouTube. So you're not really on there to worry Scroll. about what's not your hmm. business. 
Whereas the other ones, people will sit there and go, oh, this guy's a wanker. This guy's doing this. You, you don't even need to do that. So I just comment. <coughs> you guys watch YouTube on TV at home? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's on the app, yep. I think Chilling. every TV yeah. coming out has got the YouTube button on the remote now. Yeah, so. I even go to YouTube now more than I'll go to Netflix on mm. TV. If I go to a hotel, when I'm staying at hotel rooms and all that, I'll go straight to YouTube before I go to Netflix to watch it or something. How old are you? 58. <laughs> 56 now. 41. Okay, so young. Thank you. Oh. I'll take that. <clears throat> it's interesting. It, it, it is interesting seeing the difference. My, my girls, uh, we watch their screen time a little bit, but they they're on they're watching some ninja family. And and I'm watching this family. They got twenty five million views. And all they do is live an absolute ball of life. They're building this pool that's like something from a movie set. And Miguel's like, Oh Dad, we should put that in the backyard and Dad off. Oh, oh, look at the cars I've got, Dad. Oh Dad And they're going on holidays, they're in Bermuda Triangle, they're and I'm like, girls Start your own channel if you can do that. I'm happy to be a part of it, but yeah. th- that's not normal. And they uh, they just keep watching. And now I'm going. Hang on, I've seen that episode no more. Like I'm trying to put a rule on. But Ninja Family and they got their own merchandise. I noticed that I was at Aaron's on Sunday. <coughs> went over there for the watch the UFC his house, and his two young boys were there then. And um, his eldest boy was really interested in how many views this guy had. Oh, that guy looks like this guy from. And they was so YouTube orientated, which has come from. Aaron's influence, whereas my daughter's very much a- active, like getting out there working. So what you do does transform down. And if you're watching YouTube at home, then your kids will learn to yeah, it's, see it's, it on a different level, not just entertainment. I just set up chance. another account because yep. it was yep. ruining my algorithm. Yep. 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 Next minute, That's I right. got yeah. 12-year-old kids <laughs> jumping up and I'm like, oh. Well, and they're coming this into might my look good. They're coming into my feed. I'm like, oh, so I set them up another. So they know they go yeah. in, change out of dad, go into that. Yeah. Like yeah. they get their own one because I didn't want them ruining my algorithm. Yeah. But it is a bit wild watching, watching them like binge watch and no, there's no ads too, so it's not annoying. And so also, you, what interests them? Like, looks like total crap. Like. Yeah, yeah. The things that are getting the views, you're just like, how, why are people watching yeah, this? I try shit, to limit but, it heaps. Like, yeah, yeah. That was the first time yeah. my eldest used the iPad in weeks. Yeah. It was only because we wanted to watch the UFC. Yeah, we were trying to shut you up, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pacifier for a reason. Yeah. I don't know how our parents did it without it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, we just amused ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. All right, girls, I'm bored. Fucking bored. Yep. Hang on. Whoa, stop it. Wait a minute. Yeah, imagine not go, having that TV, that iPad. Yeah, that. go yeah, run right. around. Yeah. Yeah. Go run around and see what you're doing. So, how often do you guys eat low and slow? Never. Oh, I no. sort of have to because <laughs> at the end of my videos, what I've got to try and. What do you mean, never? Never. Nah. Uh, it's like, you get sick of it. The biggest mistake I'm, um, all my friends and whatnot make is they'll try to make. Even yesterday, I went to a friend's restaurant, Singapore Circus at the Cube. How um, good! Amazing, amazing, and we Been sat. There? We sat down to eat, and um, Jamie, the head chef owner, was having the day off, but his wife runs front of house. So he messaged front of house and said, oh, you've got Rick Carr and his wife in, his, in your restaurant. Whatever you feed them, make sure it's a lot of meat, a lot of barbecue. So they had this um, satay chickpea dish that came out, and she's like, oh, really sorry, but we had to fill it full of brisket because we knew you guys would want it. And me and my, both my wife looked at each other like, 
thanks. Like, <laughs> the last thing we wanted to eat, like we're like chickpeas, yes. Like we couldn't wait for this dish, and then they filled it full of brisket on us. Don't get me wrong, the brisket was beautiful, the sauce was amazing, everything was amazing with it. But yeah, we just don't really eat it. You, you eat it every day. You get when we go out for a meal, we'll go out for Chinese or something Asian influence or even Mexican or something yep. like that. Yep. Uh, even the other week we went hey, to go. So, yeah, sorry, go The other week we went to go support a mate of ours that's got a burger bar at Port Adelaide. We literally went in there, sat down, and then he started getting busy. So we said, well, we're probably, rather than supporting him, we'll get out of his hair and we'll go somewhere else. And we went straight across the Vietnamese and we're sitting down eating the Vietnamese. And as much as we love his burgers and love him, we're like, Thank God we didn't have to eat another burger. <laughs> now we get to eat some Vietnamese food because, yeah, we just eat it all the time. And especially after you've been smelling it all day like a brisket, you've been around it for eight to ten hours. By the time it's ready, you're like, oh, I'm just sick of the smell now. It gets into your skin. Mm. It really does. You're fucking joking me. I love no. a good, I still appreciate and love a good steak, yeah. but something like a brisket or pulled pork that you've been cooking for eight The to whole ten internet's going to melt down over this. You cook it and don't like it. No. But no, it's not that we don't like it. It's just that we're just over it. Probably don't enjoy it rather than don't like it. It's still good, but... I'm a vegetarian. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Rick. What's your favourite cook? What's your favourite barbecue food? Birria well, tacos for me. Mine's beef ribs. Yeah. What sort of beef ribs? Yours, of course. Drake's beef ribs. How do you cook it? Eight hours, smoked... Um, uh, smoke around 275, a little bit hotter than what I would anything brisket or low and slow. A little bit hotter, good salt and pepper rub, eight-hour cook, bring it up to about 212 Fahrenheit. Rather okay. than a lot of people say 25, 210, I always take that a little bit further. Let that fat really render down and don't be scared of giving it a real high heat. It doesn't crystallise up. I still love a good reverse seed steak. Yep. Bit of What's that? Bit of chimichurri. What's a reverse seared steak? So you're searing at the end. Rather than searing it from the start, you'll smoke it first at a really low temperature until it's like just below your desired doneness. So if you want to go for a medium so rare sort of steak. 55? Yeah, 54, 55. You'll take it off a few degrees before that. Let it rest. Finish it off with a sear because it's always going to carry over those few degrees during the uh, rest. And then finish it off with a sear. And then you just get that nice little subtle smoke flavour because you've smoked it first. Nice... Hard cast iron sear at the end, so you get that good crust. Chimichurri. Oh, the beauty of that is you can hold the temp. Once you've got it up to that temp that you want to cook it at, you can hold it there for yeah, half It comes an up hour, a lot slower as well. Let it rest and then sear it and it's hot again to serve. So at Beer and Barbecue, we served 160 tomahawks on a Saturday night. You can't cook a 1.3 kilo steak 60 times in yeah. one, like in two and a half hours, mm. I think it was. And you'll so, put it on the outside yeah. before the middle's cooked. Exactly right, and they'll be cooked on the, yeah, burnt on the outside, raw in the middle. So we brought them up to temp in the smoker, bring them over over an open flame, and then sear them off. So that was the reverse sear method. So, okay, reverse seared. I yeah. have a, I actually It's have really only so suitable for thicker steaks. Thicker steaks, even at home, if you put it in your oven, mm. set your oven to like 160, bring it up to your 120 Fahrenheit internal, Bring it on that and then butter in a frying pan, sear it off on your stove at home. That's still a reverse sear, even though you haven't used a barbecue. So you mentioned uh, salt and pepper for ribs. Yep. You, both of you have your own brand of rubs. Seasonings. Yeah, seasonings, rubs, rubs, yep. rubs, uh, yep. seasonings, rubs. I personally like a wet... Ricks, I know. <laughs> You've only got one. That's what he likes the best. Uh, <laughs> 
Don't make me go there. <laughs> I prefer a wet, a wet, a wet with ribs. I prefer a wet um, sauce or not, not, not a dry rub. I prefer the wet pork ribs or beef ribs. Um, or both. I'll say both. Yeah. Um, there's a joint called the Blue Smoke in um, in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, in um, just out of uh, in the, just out of the city of Fortitude Valley. It used to be called the Smoke, um, and I've, they're the best ribs I've ever had. Yeah, wow. So they're beef ribs, like, you know, you almost need a spoon to eat. Yeah. Amazing flavour, melt in your mouth, and they're very consistent. I know who that is. Uh, it's called the Smoke. Actually, the guy was an American uh, guy. He spent time travelling with his dad. He was in the army. Yeah. And he did Tennessee, and he talked about all these places, and he came to Australia with his own restaurant called it was called the blue smoke now it's called the smoke right. um fortitude valley and it was amazing and i was like well damn so every time i've been i've been back there and he actually sold it to four guys that bought it and the the, the menu was exactly the same oh, i was good. very impressed yeah, I, yeah. I actually said to him i said i'm i'm surprised that you guys have the, that the way those ribs are were exactly how i had them because I, I think ribs are hard to get right Oh, I think eating good barbecue when you've had it at a proper long and slow barbecue restaurant yep. compared to Bob's on pizza and yep. ribs. Well, I'll, I'll compare it to Hurricanes, who meant yep. to be good. Their yep. ribs are shit. Yep. And I've given them so many goes. Uh, I'm like, why am I – every time I go, they go, why am I bloody here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like trying to get a quick, easy meal on the Gold yep. Coast there. Like, yep. you know, got the family, trying to be quick and easy, and there's shit. Yep. And I'm like, why do I do this? And then the, the the smoke, I think, in Fortitude Valley, they could have. Okay, these guys bought it. There was a, a brand of four of them. But it, it's amazing, consistent, mm. and like melt in your mouth. Yep. And I get yep. disappointed with ribs so much. I'm very wary of ordering them anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other place that I had that was amazing was called the Chop Shop in Sydney, yes. in Sydney yeah, CBD. Yep. Yep. And the plate was humongous. It was a short back beef rib that was about that big and it sat in the middle of a plate like this and the sauce was all like the whole thing. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like I was like, damn, that is – and I've been back there for that yep. one dish. But I'm pretty fanatical about dishes, I'll be honest. But – I think ribs are easily fucked up. Oh, definitely. Especially mm. pork ribs. If they're under, they'll be chewy. And a lot of people over, think that fall dry. apart is perfect. Mm. Yeah. You want a, what they call a bite through. So you actually don't want your pork rib to fall off the bone. That's cooked over. Yep. That's ruined. It's not going to be juicy. It's actually going to be dry. So you want a, what they call a bite through. We actually bite through the rib. Your teeth can cut through it enough to leave a bite mark on the rib, but the meat will still actually stay on the bone. That's a perfectly cooked pork rib. Not ones that you pick up and the bone's standing in your hand and all the meat's left on the plate. It's overcooked. Okay, so if so, do you guys like dry ribs or wet ribs? For pork, wet. For beef, dry. Correct. Yep. The glazed, heavily glazed pork ribs, definitely. But you've done wet dry. beef ribs. You've done the Jack Daniels sauce. Yeah, we did the Jack Daniels. It's personal. There's no right another, or wrong. Another That's collab. We did the Jack Daniels thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, and then you've done the Jagermeister the chicken. I don't even fucking think about it for a minute. <laughs> Shit, I am a slut. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, mate. You make a lot of money for that. Don't worry. But I, I, I think um, 
having the dry the dry rub dry seasoning. You got any tips for people using seasoning and how it varies between chicken, pork, and beef? Or it's, bearing, it's, uh, it, it's, it's all personal too, preference. Just watch Aaron's yeah. channel, like it's, yeah, it's just all, watch low and slow basics on YouTube. Yeah, that's no, it. it's it's watch it's his all channel and buy my rub, <laughs> yeah, which is half what <laughs> <laughs> you started it. But no, it, it's too hard. It's like personal preference. Some people might not like spice. They might not even be able to handle pepper. Honestly, like just salt on a good steak is is all you need. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I've um. Uh, steak shooter, that's yours. Yeah, uh, your packaging is good. Basketball theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a bit catchy. Yeah, um, uh, and it's easy to get your attention. I think. Uh, what other What other spices do you like using for personal? Yeah, oh, I love I love I love heat. So I love like Mexican style spices. So like the guajillo chilies and ancho chilies. I love like birria tacos is probably one of my favorite things to eat. What's a birria taco? Oh, so it's, it's like slow. You can use like lamb. Traditionally they use goat. I like to use a mixture of like lamb and beef. And it's just, it goes into this marinade once it's smoked for a few hours of like chicken stock, chilies and different herbs and spices. And it's just slow cooked. You put it in this taco, you basically fry it, fold it over cheese, white onion, coriander, and, you dip it in the in basically the leftover juices from yep, what it's smoked yep, in, yep, and you yep. dip the taco in, and it's yeah, one of, pretty good. Yeah, one of my favourite things to eat. Where, so, where's a good Mexican restaurant in Adelaide? I haven't found birria. There's um beefy birrias, which is also it's it's a burger joint, but they do birria yeah, tacos. Yeah, hey, yeah. what about the kid at um on Grange Road? Oh, what's his name? That's it. That's Jamie. 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 Yeah. That's who you're talking about. He just was yeah. in the advertiser of that sex advertising for the sex pics. Did you see that? <laughs> he used two only for. He used two only yeah. fans. Yeah. I saw that. That was his. Is that his? Yeah, that's yeah, him. That's yeah, he used two only fan models, and people are blowing up on it. It's like. Well done. He's obviously done him. it to get good viral. It's work, but the birria tacos there are good. The burgers are oh, really good there. I've gone and had a um had the tacos there on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday yeah, tacos. Yeah, taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There's also the other um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to the one under that. <laughs> We're looking at some pretty. Look at that. That's <clears throat> nice. I mean. They're great, great buns. I think it's smart marketing, but I think he's got a bit over the top. So that's what a beer taco looks like. (laughs) What What? tacos are we talking about? (laughs) It's not what I had in mind. So I, that is his page. I thought it was. I thought I'd somehow followed another page. I know. So porn. Uh, Beef, beef shakes and cakes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because I was, um, I got a site that I'd like to put a a food joint in next to our site at Glen Osmond. And I spoke to Jamie, and he he wants something up down north, but north's where it's at. <clears throat> I'm about to move out there. Well, that's why he he wanted so north too. Ground. I do. So we, I live in Seaford. Yeah, we drive our food truck to Anglevale to do on the side of the road gigs three to four times a week. Wow. We will turn over four times the amount we will in the north than we do in the south. Takeaway. Wow. And are your wheels still there at the end? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Don't you have stores out there? Yeah. Well, you just lost yeah, all I those takes, customers. Take, They're the ones that are always on the They're just lost all them, mate. Yeah. That's where most of the videos come from, mate. Trust me. I have but to, I've got no trolleys. I have to hire security now when I walk around. Bloody hell. It's a fucking danger zone. <clears throat> but, yeah, he wants north. I, yeah. I think because I think he's got a – his product's great. 
Uh, and it, you know, it's a small menu with, and I, I like small menu. Let's just rip out the the, the product. Yeah, he's it. smart as well. He got a lot when he when he launched Beefy Barriers, which is like his side business where he does the Taco Tuesdays. He got a bunch of barbecuers and stuff. We yep. went out there we before out he launched, the, yeah. and we we all yeah. tried the tacos. He was asking for feedback to make sure he could put a really good product. He out even there. did a night with the fringe, and he asked me to come down with a smoker and all that mm. to help him collab. Yeah, he had a spot Rundle, Rundle, like Rundle straight there for the fringe. So that's not Jamie in those pictures. That's no, not. Nah, it doesn't look like no. Jamie. I don't know what sort of <laughs> path he's gone. It's a, it's only in the last couple of months he's gone down that. But there's well, a couple, it's there's a couple of like he's... burger guys like that in Adelaide that are mm. doing that smart marketing. The other ones, um, Josh, Josh Rivers, owner of Cream. Cream, what's it? I've never heard of it. Cream is bright, uh, a cafe on Brighton Road, and he's got. Brighton Road, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a, he's got a couple of other places. We should get those models in there. Well, uh, probably charge too much now. <laughs> Cream, never um, heard of that. Brighton Road. Yeah, and he's he's one that's got the he does diamond burger. Same owner. Burger joint. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I, I like well. That's how I that's how I bumped into Jamie was through that reason. Yep. Because um, I've I've got a slice on the wall that I think would be perfect for a small boutiquey bit of fun, uh, not a bit of fun restaurant. Yeah, where Glen Osmond. Yeah, yeah, it's a great location. Yep. Um, it's well, it's right next to my store. We had to make our store smaller because of these stupid laws. Um, so yeah. I've got some space there. But anyway, enough of that. <clears throat> um, why do you think cooking around a barbecue is such a a melting pot of where ideas and people can talk and talk shit. Why, why do you think cooking barbecue brings that together? It just brings people together. That's what barbecue's always been about for me. <coughs> Family, friends, barbecue, people gathering around the fire. And I think, especially for males, it's something very primitive within all of us is meat and fire. And um, just always creates a good talking point and that's where some good ideas come out when you're sitting around the barbecue. And it's instantly relaxed. You've got nothing else to worry about. It's like being on the river. Much on the river, it doesn't matter what's happening next week. It doesn't matter. That's true. What's coming up and all that. Is that the same feeling when you're around a fire? As soon as you get around a fire with a bit of meat, it doesn't matter what else is happening. So, so have you guys seen the the movie The Beast um, with Eric Banner, no. where he car and he talks about a car being a fireplace? No. no. Yeah, so it's called. I'm pretty sure it's called the Beast, and he he has a car there that he enters into an event. But he talks about how the car is the fireplace, right. and how it brings people together to talk about their cars and what they've done. And you know, cars are they're an emotional experience. Like if people are into them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the same with barbecuing. Like, it's quite an emotional attachment. Love the Beast is what that, that's called with Eric Banner. It's really good. I actually bought the DVT back in the day. What um, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, I was committed to. Um, but he talks about how that, that brings the fire, the fire, that car is the fireplace. And I, I think barbecuing, to me, has you know, the same sort, of, same sort of feelings with it. Do you guys? Yeah, well, straight away, I remember being a young fella in the family times, you know, such and such birthday, we're having we're having a barbecue instantly. Yeah, Weber Rose. Grandfather would fire up the bricks with the fire in it. We'd cook, all stand around it, all the young and boys. It's just and, as easy as that. Yeah, and that's what it was. We're having a barbecue. We're having a barbecue. What's so, what's one <clears throat> standout thing you can do to you know make your cook look that just a bit more impressive? Oh, the po- 
the wow factor's always for me like pork crackling. Oh, okay. Yep. What do you reckon? I, I thought he was saying to impress others at the at that barbecue. I would say it's open fire. Oh yeah, open. I fire. think the minute yeah, you can do something fire. with a with a flame. Well, the offset always draws attention. Yeah, but it's it draws attention quickly and then it's boring. Whereas an open flame, like you've looked at it, you've looked at it. It's done. I don't know what you yeah. expect to see, but I'm, well, every time I've done festivals and I've got two tomahawks in a hand with a with a six by four trailer that we build up as a big grill with an open fire, and if I've got two steaks in my hand and I'm flipping those, the crowd that that creates is so much more than an offset or anything like that because yeah. it's so visual. They're watching a fire, mm. especially when you've got the stuff hanging on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's your advantage. So you're saying make sure you do pork crackling right to improve. I think, yeah, I think like an open f- fire if you're at yeah. Rick's joint. Sorry, I was talking more from like yeah, th- a family yeah, we, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. when your friends come around, like what's something that you you know? Yeah. I, I got I got a group of mates that they have like a steak night, yep. and you all bring a different cut. Yep. Of of steak. Yep. Um, and you know some of them would spend bloody two hundred bucks. Like a kilo in some A five you know, wagyu and oh, stuff like that. wild wagyu stuff, yeah. yeah, like and real thin too. But yeah. after cooked and eaten straight away, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I actually was pretty good. Where I think wagyu for me is a bit more milky in the mouth. Yeah, it's very but, rich as well. Yeah, well, th- so you take it in turns, and then at the end of the night, I took a a grass fed Angus pure beef mm. and flavor, and they they loved it. Yeah. Well, what's this? Yep. I say, yeah, we sell that for like forty bucks a kilo, yeah. yep. and it's a solid cut of meat. Yeah, yep. and I, you know, it just eats well. I, I did a podcast with Darren Thomas, uh, um, Thomas, Thomas Farms Foods, Foods. and yep. when he talks about beef, I've, you know, he's the sort of guy that brings his own steaks to a barbecue, and yep. when I like he, wagyu for delicacy, like to little little bits of wagyu, mm-hmm. very very nice. I go to a wagyu restaurant on Gouda Street where you actually buy the platter. Of raw meat, and then it's the different styles. What you got to cook little, it yourself, little yeah. pieces, oh, mate. That's called a Korean hot pot, and you're bound to get sick. Hot pot. <laughs> I would need a hot pot. No way. So no. what? You, what? It's you cook tr- it. like charcoal, a charcoal basket, and you cook your steak over the top of the charcoal. But you select all the different brands. So they've got like Jack's Creek Wagyu, they've got Japanese Wagyu, all the different. Okay. A five, you can go A five. Is that A12. where you go downstairs? Nah, you don't. Gucci no. Street. No, nah, it's across from. I don't know what the place is called. Across from yeah, the old I Black Cat White Cat Nightclub. What was the gay one that used to be there? Gay nightclub. Mars bar? That's the one. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, mate. Black from that. Hat. What? You're only 41, mate. I'm plenty older than you. I worked in Black Hat White <laughs> Nightclub. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that? <laughs> There's an owner. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. There you oh. go. Oh, such a... What was that? No one did. <laughs> no. I don't think you made money from the drink sales anyway. Um, so he talks about beef, amazing, yeah, where we're located, how the sun hits, where the grass mm-hmm. is. And he's like saying it's no, 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 don't, don't be confused. It's, there's the Melbourne Cup winning horses all come from this section or not all, but you know, between South Australia and a little bit in Victoria, but he's saying it's because of the way the land is. Um, He's very passionate about it. 45 minutes he explained oh, this. Oh, wow. This. Well, it's like that Cape Grim beef. The air pollution in Tasmania, Tasmania there. Yeah. And yeah. the grass grows so clean. And you taste the difference in the beef. Mm. You tried it? You sell it? Yeah, I have Why tried it. Why you put it down like that? You don't I, sell it. I, I, <laughs> I'm hard pre... Because I, I have so much... Um, I like, I'm a condiments man. Yeah. 
whether it's a, a rub or sauce or whatever, I, I think it's. I think that's really. You cook the protein. To, yep, that's one thing. But mm. the sauce is equal to more important. Oh, definitely, definitely. Especially when you've had that much of it, like. If you're just eating, having salt and pepper in your steak all the time, you always want to step out and try different complementing flavors and yeah. adding a chimichurri or yeah. a Fully. salsa verde or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I like going, I like mixing it up. Mm. Um, but not everyone's like that, I guess. Nah, it's more for the big. I'm always trying to mix it up if I do eat meat rather than having the same sort of thing all the time. Best cooking style that you like we, to do? We've got to say low and slow, don't we? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Low and slow for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 120 Celsius, 250 Fahrenheit, low and slow. See, okay. Okay, well, that was pretty unanimous. <laughs> um, Lock that in. <laughs> um, what do you serve the vegetarians and vegans when they're over for a barbecue? Napkins. <laughs> I don't, street, not street corn. They're not welcome. Corn. Yeah, it'll have to be street corn on the grill. Same grill I cooked the steak on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan, so stay home. Do you cook any? You cook any? You would. Have you done any videos on cauliflower or something? No, I don't think you have. I've done. I've done Mexican. I love that where they go cauliflower steak. It's a fucking cauliflower. It's not a steak. <laughs> it's a cauliflower slice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, but do you think your channel would go backwards if you started doing? Yep. Yeah, it's not what my audience wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've tried, even the street corn I thought would go great because I absolutely <laughs> love it. Same. It was, I do it at catering sometimes with like yeah. big events. Oh, put street corn on the menu. It'll go nuts. Yeah, like when we do the at the end, you're there throwing the... I should yeah. have bought this fucking corn in the bin of goats. Yeah, when we do the big barbecue platters <laughs> at the master classes, everyone's just there for the brisket. That's right, and then you get that one person. Oh, what do I get to eat? Fuck off, nothing. <laughs> go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I my daughter was vegetarian for a while. Yep. She's now come to her senses. Good. <laughs> All right, got a couple of questions uh, that have come through. I'm just going to ask a couple. Um, let's see. Steak, slow and low first, hard sear at the end. Is it a real thing? Any tips? Yep, that's what we talked about with the reverse I, sear. I know. Yep, so 100%. Just, that's the, I personally think that is the way that everyone should be cooking their steak, especially if you're not even barbecuing at home. As I said before, in your oven – Cook it half an hour, 180, and then sear it off with some butter in a frying pan. You'll shock yourself. How you You'll get steak. much more consistent results because it's going to bring the temperature up a lot slower as opposed to if you're cooking it at high heat. It'll take a matter of 10, 20 seconds. If you're not watching your steak cooking it at high heat, it'll potentially overcook once it's starting to get to that doneness you're looking at. Now, I found with um, sometimes, depending on the grill, the, uh, if you don't cook a steak properly, I'm, I'm a medium yeah, maybe rare, medium, maybe a bit medium, but sometimes at a restaurant it comes out and it's chewy. Why? Why is that? All the time I find it's when the grill's not hot enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had it one night quality. at Gaucho's. Oh wow. Yeah, seriously, I had it one night at Gaucho's. Went in there right at the end, really late at night, and um, I sort of called the waiter over and I was like, "Mate, we've been here heaps of times. Yeah, you guys can cook steaks. It's yeah. not a question that this one was off and." Yeah, the chef ended up coming out and going, you're 100% right, we'd pack down. You walked uh, in, and we then fired it up, it and up. it wasn't hot enough. Okay. Uh, or it could just be the steak quality itself. Yeah. I, I've had a, a – yeah, it's a bit too – I'm very – I don't order steaks out much. Same. Like, uh, I'd rather do that. 
Yep. Um, myself, like I said, maybe world's best. If definitely, maybe Australia's. He's going to have to prove it, isn't he? It's a lot of talk. Steak night Grab at JP's. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a flying um, Steak on here instead. So if you guys, um, let's say something very bad happened and you're in jail for life and you've been given the death sentence, but you're allowed to cook one last meal, what would that last meal be? Who, who's eating it? You. you. Oh, I'm, I'm cooking for myself. Yes, because you're about to... Get the needle or a bullet. Depends what country you're in. Yeah, I'd do a, I'd do a Mexican feast, the beer of tacos. <laughs> you're all over it, oh, man. You love yeah. it. Um, I love tacos. That'd be a lobster. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, lobster would be good. Well, how? <laughs> like, what? Just, oh, lobster. How, like, you, how are you cooking it? How are you cooking it, oh, mate? Come like, on, mate. I'd, I'd do it with a garlic butter seed. Yeah. No Thermidor. No. Nah. Fuck, you've also put nah. a bit of caviar on there. Yeah, you? mate. No, nah, like, nah, just straight lobster, garlic butter, bacon and seeds. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Anything, any other tips you'd give to people that are doing low and slow? Rick? Don't overthink it. Let's give it a crack. Go, go natural on it. Um, if you're going an offset... A good trick is to lay out a loaf of bread so you learn what your hot spots are on your offset. Understand your barbecue. So understand there are spots in it that will be hotter, colder, where the wind gets in, whatnot. Yeah. So get okay. to learn your barbecue. Um, if you're trying offset, fire management is the most important thing. And more wood doesn't mean it gets hotter. So, for example, if you're cooking with wood, and a lot of people say, oh, I can't get my smoke up to temperature, I can't get up to temperature, so log on, put another log on, another log on. They're smothering the fire. They're not giving it air. Air's just important to a fire when cooking barbecue, as wood is. So okay. that's my big one for offset cooking. And Aaron, your questions are different. If you, if there are people that want to grow their um, YouTube page, what's some tips that you could give those? It might not have to be in cooking. Any tips you got? Just then? be yourself. Be authentic. Um, don't shouldn't shouldn't do it to make money. I never started my YouTube to make money. Um, and just try to make each video better than the last. Strive for excellence and you'll eventually get there. It might take a year, it might take five years, it might take ten years, but if you truly love what you're doing, that it, that it shouldn't be a problem and just, yeah, research, try and get some upgrades along the way. You don't have to start with anything whiz-bang. I started on, on my phone. So, you know, I, I don't even use a fancy camera at the moment. It's just a basic mirrorless camera. So, yeah, don't so, think it. So do what you love and be consistent. Yeah, consistency is probably the biggest biggest thing for me. Okay, guys, <clears throat> we got some questions here. They're hard hitting questions. We leave these to the end because um, they they stump people. I'll start with you, Rick. Yeah. You get copped it today, being the oldest. Yeah, one. Yeah. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, and money wasn't an op, an op object, what would you be doing? Designing. Designing? Yeah, graphic designing. No shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You see that bit of flair in you? Yeah, I just like starting on a blank card. Like with flyers and posters and designing, like I love being able to put your imagination onto a piece of paper. Okay, that's cool. An artist. But I'm shit at it. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't ask if you're good yeah, at good. it? Good, just checking. What about you, Aaron? 
If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? I'd love to travel the world. Travel. The world and learn learn about different cultures and their influence on barbecue and I'd love to go to New Zealand and learn more about like the hungi and go to Korea and learn more about Korean barbecue, Japan, China, Mexico. That's what I'd love to do. There you go, Netflix. Uh, if you're looking for, for uh, creator, there it is. I'm just saying. Yep. Um, if you Rick, if there's some information you could give to a 16 year old Rick budding to, you know, bust their make their 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 imprint on life, what advice could you give yourself when you were 16? Concentrate on what you love and just focus on that. And don't worry what anyone says not to do it or it's not going to be cool or whatever. Whatever you pick to do, if you love it, just stay focused on it and put your head down and do it. It's nice. I like that. Aaron? Yeah. Don't worry about what the haters think. Do what you love. I was pretty much thinking the same thing. Um, nice and easy. Yeah. I like that. If there, if there was one thing that you could do that would have an impact on the world, what would it be, Rick? One thing, like big impact. Oh, I'd love to go out of the bang. I'd love to do something so crazy. Like, <laughs> You're not I dying. I know, but <laughs> like, okay. I'd love to feed the homeless and save starving children. Okay, yeah, for? cool. Yeah. yeah, we've had all sorts of answers. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll play safe. Um, yeah, I was going to go down the path of hunger. I see how much supermarkets and butchers and bakeries throw away and. And being able to find a way to feed all the people around the world that, that can't put a, a meal in front of themselves, that would be great. Yeah, there has to be a way. Don't don't spend the defence budget, and I think we'll be right. <laughs> <That'd help. laughs> New so, <podcast. laughs> um, so this is the last question. So if you died and came... There's a lot of death about like, oh. Because oh, that's we're trying to walk out on the drive home so yeah. slowly. <laughs> so, imagine if something did happen. Oh my god! <laughs> At least you've got all the answers. <laughs> They'll be calling me up to the eulogy. <laughs> Just replay this. Replay this. Rick's my whole on. Done. Rick's on. If you died and came back as a board game or a game, what game would best describe your life? Guess who? Because you never know what I'm doing next. Bang. Rick's been waiting for that one. I know, you, I read it. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, Rick has been, he has been waiting. Yes, yeah, so you were that's way too quick. Cool. Right, that's good. Way Beat too that. quick. Beat yeah. that. I just don't know many board games. Yeah, that's, you know, you well, know I was going with Monopoly to start with. I was like, yeah, I that's the only it. one that sprung to mind. I don't, I don't well, know many board we games. we do have some problems because we, some people don't play board games at all. Any game, computer game, board game. Bad Yahtzee, Trivial Brisnoo, Saints of Ladders. I'd come back as a pokey machine. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> that is the best. Is there any reason for that? I like it. I like a bit of gambling. Yeah. So come back as a bit of. I'd come back as a blackjack table. Actually. When we go out, like when we go jack. away for events, <laughs> you quite often find Aaron and yeah, I at where's the, the casino. casino. Where's the closest casino? <laughs> when we're booking our accommodation, it's like how many kilometres from the casino? Strip clubs and casino, right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Aaron's not at strip clubs, but I bet he's at the casino. Yeah, blackjack table, I'd come back as as a blackjack table. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I 
I freaking love that. Yeah, Jack Jack. I love Jack. Jack Jack is fun. It is. It's really good. Uh, yeah. Get into the carnival atmosphere of the table. Texas Hold'em. Yeah. It's all fun. It's, it's awesome. Well, there you go, Blackjack Table. First time I've had that. I've actually, well, that's a good answer. There's lots of excitement. You did beat me. Lots of high. He did. He got you yeah, there. Oh, surprised. Well, there's no beating. Let's fight. Oh, so. There is now. We call well, it. we're competitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't pick it. Um, so, guys, uh, thank you very much for coming in, giving us a broad range of the low and slow, a little bit in the low and slow scene, more about in how you've got to be into that scene, how you're both totally different walks of life, just both loving what you're doing. It clearly comes across when we get to speak to people how much they actually love what they do, and that seems to be the difference. So just making sure you enjoy it. So thank you very much for coming on board. I will, I will say if you want to do any shameless plugs, if anyone's made it this far in the podcast, um, if you guys, I'm sure Rick's going to have a list a mile along, but if anyone's got any shameless plugs um, about their channel or about um, things that they're doing, uh, feel free to take the mic. I'll I'll just say, first of all, thanks for having us. Thanks for the support. Drake's was a, uh, a, a big supporter of the rubs and what we were both doing when we started out. And um, you'd have someone as big as Drake's come on board when we were starting out. You obviously seen the, the vision we had as well. And to be able to share that with you guys has, has been a pleasure. So Yeah, that was a massive one that um, even from our side of things, for you guys to be supplying us meat um, and that top quality of meat that we've been able to use at catering competitions all across the board, um, if you are looking for it too, do go into your drapes because they, they do supply good low and slow meat. So Probably the only big supermarket change chain that isn't all vac sealed and they've still got butchers in store. Right, cor- still got yep, butchers is, in store. This is correct. So if you want good quality meat and you want to be able to get a lamb leg boned out, you can only really get that. And also ring drakes. them beforehand. Don't go in there going, oh, they've got nothing. Oh, I've gone to this little country town, Drake's, and they messaged me on my Facebook saying, oh, I've just been to such and such town they didn't have a beef room. It's like... Order you expect ahead. them to hold it, waiting for you to rock up to get that. <laughs> Give them a ring a couple of days before. I'd, I'd like to reiterate that. If you want something special, uh, a couple of days notice at least uh, gives us time to be able to prep yep. whatever food that you want, Correct. specifically about whatever cut that you want. Yep. So we do do that. We don't advertise it enough. Uh, but we do have... You should, being the only supermarket to still be able to do that. Yeah, we, we should actually. You're right, well, absolutely. Even being able to supply like my needs um, <clears throat> from beer and barbecue week, two weeks before I rang you guys up and it was like, I need 160 tomahawk steaks and I wanted the Cape Grimm brand. You guys literally rang Cape Grimm and got them in for me on a week's notice. Beef short ribs, the ones that i seen, they weren't meaty enough. They instantly like got on the phone, replaced, boom, we got this for you. And that's... The scale, like, no one's going to need meat on the level that I need it. Yeah. So if you're cooking at home or learning, it's nothing for you guys. You know, they just got to give you a couple of days' notice, that's all. Uh, that's absolutely. absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for coming us. on board. Thank and you. And good luck. Wish you all the best. Wish you all the best. Hope your channel, 100,000, I want to hear. Have a party. When you actually... <laughs> Steak night at JP's. Night at JP's. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more at your place. But, uh, <laughs> You're the state king. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll shut up now. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> Bye.